listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. by reading John 3:16 and 17 and I know very familiar passage and reading from the New Living Translation it says these words for this is how God loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone say with me everyone no one excluded that everyone has an opportunity who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life so God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world. How many times do we hear that of God? Jesus is just a judge. He's out there just to ruin our lives. Jesus plainly was given, not as a judge, to condemn us. But the Bible says God sent his world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Through what? Love. God came to save the world through Love. Luke 1, 26 begins and says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man promised in marriage, engaged, whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, you highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you, among all women. But when she saw the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, the Lord who saves. What have we just read there? The greatest gift that has ever been given. Heaven's best. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, given for each and every one of us. But I truly believe in looking at the story and looking through the word of God, the gift of love that God has given us is for a double purpose. It has a double meaning for our life. Firstly, here's what I believe. It's for us to be loved. Jesus gave his son so we can be loved. But then secondly, love, Jesus coming, also makes it possible in turn now for us to love others. So to find love for ourselves, but then to bring that love, to share that love, to give that love to others. Again, we were reminded of this in John 3.17. God hasn't come to judge the world, but that through him they may be saved. What's God's mouthpiece? What's God's chosen vessel to do that? You and I look around you. It's us. 
And how are we to do that? Through knowing love, Jesus, so we can be the love of Jesus to everyone else. God is love. God is love. The origin of love is God. We didn't come up with it. I didn't sit down one day and say, well, let's just come up with something really cool. God came up with love. He did it. Love is who he is, not what he does. So I believe if we're going to discover what true love is, let's go to the one who defines it. Let's go to the one who made it. Let's go to the one who is love. Look around us today. There are many, many definitions of love. Most love is very twisted today. In fact, most love involves another four-letter word that begins with L and ends with T, and it has us in the middle of it. For many people, love has become a lustful thing. And lust is never love because lust is what I want and we're going to discover love is what I need. Yes, but love is what I can give, not just what I want. It's not something that's taken. Love is something that is freely given. So in a world of many definitions and maybe even languages of love, I believe it's so important that we discover the true gift of love. And that's why today we're going to break this message down into three parts. We're going to look at God. He is love personified. He is the true meaning of love. We're then going to look at the secret of love. And then we're going to look at the actions of love. Please notice secret is singular and actions is plural. Because there's one secret of love. There's not many secrets to love. There's only one. But there are many actions of love that you and I are called to give and are called to be to the world and to those around us. So point number one, God. Say with me, God. God. God is love. First John 4 verse 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I want to focus on the last part for right now, because we're going to look at the first part in a few moments. God is love. Love isn't just something He does. Love is who He is. If it were possible to cut God into a million pieces, and that's impossible, but if it were, every piece of God would still have as much love as everything put together because every part of God screams out love, 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 love. And here's the problem we have with God's love. Many don't fully believe that because we think in our mindset, we think in our conditional way, That how could someone love someone flawed and failed like me? But you and I have got to understand this. No matter what we believe, no matter what we see, or no matter what we feel, the truth today is still the truth. And that is God is love and God loves you. Someone once described the Bible, I believe, in in a great way, that the Bible is God's love letter to you and to I. That we can read his desire that he has for us to follow him, to live for him, to be a part of him. But when we look at the word of God, many people think that the verb of the Bible is love. The subject of the Bible is love. The theme of the Bible is love. But the verb of the Bible is this, give, give, give. 
The theme is love, but love is nothing until it is given. So what do we see throughout the entirety of the word of God? The action of God's word is, I love you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want that which is lost through sin to once again be fully restored. And I want to show you today God's love for you. I want to break God's love down into five parts today. The first thing that we know of God's love is this. His love is unconditional. Thank God for that. Come on, I said, thank God for that. Thank God that his love is absolute. His love is steadfast. His love is unfailing. It's not something that he promises and takes back. Luke, come up here a second and help me, son. Quickly, 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 run up here with me. Here's something I want to just show you to illustrate this, okay? And for just the illustration, I'm God. I'm the love of God towards Luke. Stand and face everyone, okay? Okay, so what do we tend to do many times when God's love comes to our lives? Push me away. Here's what we tend to do. We tend to push it away. Come on, don't look at me crazy. You know you do. We push it away in our minds or we can even physically do that. But what does love, God's love do? Now, what do we sometimes do? But what does God's love do? And no matter how many times we push it away, God's love still comes back. And he's not like up in our face, going, you know, annoying. But what do we see? That's the unconditional. Thanks, Bubba. That's the unconditional love of God. You've maybe pushed God aside. You've said, I don't want nothing to do with that. God has not left you. His unconditional love is right back there. And really his arms are like all the way around you. You see, what has to happen to unconditional love is this. It has to be accepted. Well, I just don't feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. You just have to say, God, I accept your love. Some of you are just pushing away a love that is unconditional. Well, you don't know what I've done. God knows everything that you've done. He knows your thoughts before they've even become actions. But guess what? He's still there loving you, wanting to be a part of you. But he will not force himself in where he's not welcomed, welcomed. The greatest gift you can give yourself this year is not a new iPhone. The greatest gift you can give yourself this year is not the latest and greatest, whatever it may be this year. The greatest gift that you can give yourself this year is to say, God, I accept your love. I open up my heart. I don't fully understand it all. And that's why you can't reason the love of God with your mind. You've got to accept it in your heart because your mind cannot get around it. But your heart has to embrace it. It's right there. We've got to choose it. Wow, how different is that to the love that we see around us today? What is the love that we see us today? It's so conditional, isn't it? I love you if. I love you when. What about this one? I love you if and when. Every condition under the sun. And who sets the conditions? We do. Here's what I want. Here's my needs. What about me? God isn't like us. 
Jeremiah 31 verse 3 shows us what God's love is like. Look at this. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved my people. Please understand this. Jeremiah is calling the people of God back to repentance. They've wandered away from God. And what is God saying? A long time ago, I said that I loved you. Even with all the mess and the problems and the confusion and you rebelling against me. Before all of that, I said I loved you. And what is the reminder that Jeremiah gives you the people? I said, I love you with what kind of love? An everlasting love. And he says, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. I'm so glad today that his love is never ending. It's eternal. It's everlasting. That no matter what I've done, his love is still there for me. What a gift. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the love chapter, says this, there abideth Three things last forever, the Bible says. Faith, hope, and love. But notice what it says at the end. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. The greatest gift. The greatest thing available for every one of us today is the unconditional love. Of God the Father. Here's the second thing. It gets better. You ready? His love is sacrificial. His love is sacrificial. It came with a cost. It came with a great cost. He gave His Son. He had to watch His Son being crucified, killed and destroyed by those who He knew would still reject Him. But yet God's love was so sacrificial. God's got some skin in the game. He put everything in the game, His Son. I don't have this scripture, but John 15 reminds us of this. Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. What does God call you? His friend. He laid down his life. It's a sacrificial life. He showed his commitment towards us through giving his Son. Number three, his love is personal. I'm so glad it's personal. I'm so glad to God I'm not a number, but I'm a face. I'm a name. I'm an individual. His love is so personal. God didn't send an it to accomplish what he needed to do. He sent his son. Remember John 3.16? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever will believe in him. It's personal. It's personal. God showed the world his love through the person of his son, Jesus Christ. He made love, what? The opportunity for us to have a relationship with it. If God would have come in any other form, we couldn't have relationship. We were created in His image and likeness. For what reason? So we can have fellowship and relationship with God. His love is a personal thing. Through Him, we know love. It's personal to you and I. I love this one. Number four, His love is acceptable. It's acceptable. Well, Pastor P, you don't know how far I've gone. You don't know how far I've strayed. You don't know what I've done. I'm telling you right now, there is no reason under the face of this earth that no one should be unloved because they need to know today that God is love. You may think you may never love again. Rena said those words before. I don't know if I'll ever love. I don't know if I'll ever have an opportunity again. That's not true in God. Why? Because love is what? 
is acceptable to everyone. It doesn't accept our sin, but accepts the person who's the sinner. That would say, God, would you save me? Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Look at this last part about God's love. God's love is accessible. God's love is accessible. Man, I'm so thankful. What does that mean, Pastor? It means it's for everyone. I said it means it's for everyone. Where we've strayed, it doesn't matter. His love, His arms of love reach further, deeper and wider than you and I could ever go. David catches this revelation in Psalms 139. Haven't got time. But David says these words, where can I go from your presence? If I go to heaven, he says, watch out, you're already there. He said, if I go to hell or the lowest parts of the earth, guess what? Watch out, you're all." Ready there. No matter where I go, he says, I cannot escape your presence. Come and say with me, your love. I cannot escape your love. He was talking about when I have my good days and I'm doing well, your love is there. When I'm not the best, your love is still there. Your love is accessible for me in any area of my life. And then he goes on and catches the revelation in Psalms 139. He said, hold on a second, God. Greater than that, you formed me. You made me. You loved me before I was even flesh and bones. You conceived me in the womb in love. That's the love of God. I'm so glad that love is not just a church thing. Well, you've got to come to church to be loved. His love is accessible to whoever and wherever they may be. All they have to do is say, God, I want you and invite him in because his love is right there. I said it earlier, it's hard sometimes to get your head around it. Why God? But God. Hold on a second. Stop doubting him. Start trusting his love. I'm telling you, I don't know why. And I've asked that many times. I don't know why, God, you love me. But I need to change my questioning. I need to quit questioning saying, I don't know why. I need to start having a statement of faith in my life. I don't know maybe why, but I know he does. I know he does. And I know he will keep loving me. In my life. So what is God? God is love. Say with me, God is love. God is love. The second part. Here's the secret of love. People have written books. People have gone to classes. What's the secret? They've watched movies. What's the secret of love? I'm going to give it to you. Back to 1 John 4, verse 9 through 11. Reading from the NIV version. It says this. This is how God showed his love Amongst us. Remember John 3.16. Here it is right here. He sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Okay, here's the secret. Are you ready? We're now about to read it. Here's the secret of love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So therefore, dear friends, Paul writes, since God so loved us. Rather, John writes, I apologize. Dear friends, John writes, since God has loved us first. Say with me first. Since God has loved us first, we now ought to love one another. So here's the secret of love. Are you ready? We can love today. Because he first loved us. 
We can love. I can love today. Because he first loved us. You see, the secret is this, isn't it? You can't give what you don't have. You cannot give away what you don't have. I love this statement or this saying I heard this week. What's down the well is going to come up with the bucket. If you don't have it in the well, it's not going to come up in the buckets. So how can I really love my spouse? How can I love other people? Here's the secret. I've got to first know love and have love so I can give love. That's our vision statement here at the church. You hear it every message, every service. Our message or our vision statement goes like this. This is where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. Why do we say that? Because we believe life starts through Christ. A relationship with Christ, experiencing Christ, is the beginning of life. But as a result of experiencing life, you understand God's love. And God's love, what heals your heart and now allows you to begin to love other people. But it's Him first. And then as you discover life and love, and you're living that and giving that, then you can now live in the purpose and in the plan that God has for your life. So the password today to love is this. Jesus. The username. It's Jesus. You see, the secret of love is Him. You've got to lean into Him. Come on, just lean in a little bit. Come on, can we get, just kind of get spiritual? Mm, can we just lean in? Mm, we're just going to lean in to God a little. So what's the secret? I want to make it so plain to you today that you're not leaving saying, hold on a second, what's the secret of love? Here it is. Are you ready? The secret of love is this, being loved by God first. You've got to be loved by God First, because only from him comes the ability. He says, if you don't love me, you can't love other people because you don't know love. That's what we just read. God says, you don't know love if you don't know me. So we don't really truly know love until we truly know God. And being in love with God gives us the tools and the abilities that then we need to be able to love other people. I can't do it all on my own. There's an end to my love. I said there's limitations to my love. There's preferences to my love. There's history to my love. You know what that means? Well, I remember when you did that. Don't look at me crazy. I know how you all are. Well, I remember when you did that. There's history to our love. So what do we do is we withhold. We withhold and give less and less and less. And the less there is, the less there will be. And the less there is to have. We've got to start seeing other people and ourselves through the lens and the eyes of God. Through the love that we have with Him. When we start seeing others through the love of God and understanding the love God has for them, we're going to treat people around us a whole lot different. Because what have we thought the way I'm speaking to that person? Would I speak to God like that? Well, what business do I have speaking to my wife like that? What business do I have speaking to my boss or those around me like that? We don't have a business because we've got to start seeing people through the lens of God. It has to be His love first before it can be anything else. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Shows us the love of Jesus. Beginning in verse 4, New Living Translation, love is patient. Love is kind. 
Love is not jealous. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not rude. Anyone say, I need help with that? I said, does anyone say, I need some help with that? It doesn't demand its own way. Anyone need any help with that one? It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrong. Now, that's a biggie there. That's a biggie right there. Because no matter how hard we try, we remember. I said, we remember. Jensen Franklin made a great statement once when he preached a message. And I love this. And if you can live by this, I believe it will change your life. Are you ready? You've got to love like you've never been hurt. You've got to love like you've never been hurt. And I'm telling you, the only way you can do that is through Jesus. You can't do that on yourself. You can't turn around and say, I'm going to love someone who kicked me in the teeth yesterday. I need a greater love than what I have available. I've got to tap into his love. I've got to get the secret of love so I can love the unlovable and the untouchable and the unreachable that I can be Jesus to the world. I've got to have a relationship with him first. First, first, first. Verse 6 says, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. I love what the New King James Version says, love never fails. Love never fails. I need love like that in my life. I need to be living in the love of that in my life. We all need that. You see, that's why I've got to step to him first. I've got to step up to him first. Why? And I've got to understand this, that when I do step up to him and and I receive his love and, and his grace and his forgiveness and his mercy, I've got to remember this. Hold on a second. He loved me as me. He loved me while I'm imperfect. And I'd like to say when I was imperfect, but I'm still imperfect. And he still loves me. You see, that's why you've got to see yourself through his love. Because it's so easy for us to judge other people and say, I can't believe them. Well, really, God, if anyone has an opportunity to say, I can't believe you, but yet, I still love you. So what right does it do for us to say and write other people off when God wrote us in, when we were at our worst? We've got to start seeing other people through him. Why, again, he saw me And he still loves me. His love never fails. God's love never quits. Oh, mine is different. I need God's. What's the secret of love? Loving God with all of your heart. Seeking him above everything else. Being loved by him first. So I can love anyone watch the the Grinch that stole Christmas. What was his problem? He had such a small heart. But when he got around the environment of other people that were singing songs and and all this, and he tried to steal Christmas and he tried to do all this. But in the midst of it all, was it Sue, what's her name? The little girl? Don't look at me crazy. We watch it like Susie, is it? Susie Lou. Cindy Lou. Just texting. Rob, come on, help me out there. Come on. But what did she do? I believe in you. I love you. She invited him when no one wanted him. And what happened? Because of someone else's love, his heart began to grow. And then he realized what he had done. I pray today that some of you realize today what you are doing to others around you because of the hatred. We don't like to label it as that. 
but the man's conditional love that we have inside of us that we're excluding and pushing people away from us. But I pray today that you would just fall in love with Jesus, that you would love him more than ever and he would give you that heart to be able to love the lost and those who are around us. Got to lean into him. Got to step to him first so we can see. Here's the third part of the message. Is this okay today? Are you with me today? The actions, plural, of love. What are the actions of love? How do I live this love, pastor? How do I reach out? Because God's word even tells us to love the unlovable. To reach out. In fact, God's word tells us that love should be our identity. What do I mean by that? Look what the scripture says in John 13, verse 35. He says, other people will know that you belong to me. That you are my disciples. Why? He says this. If you could put up the scripture. He says, by the love that you have one for another. The love that we have for one another allows us to be identified. If you could go to the next slide, that would be great. Right there. We are identified by that love. The love that we have. You see, listen to me good today. I want you to hear me good. If you don't love other people, if you don't love others around you and show them God's love, they will look for love somewhere else and from someone else. And what they're going to find most of the time ain't going to be good. And when it ain't good, it definitely ain't God. So God has called us to love other people. So what? They can see him by the love that we have. That people will know we're followers of Christ. Not by the way we dress. Oh, that's a Christian there. I can tell by that hairstyle. Or by that one, they carry their Bible. No, God didn't say all those things. He said, people will identify you by the love that you have. You know the problem with the church today? We don't have love. We're judging people, condemning people. The church is known for more than what we stand against than what we stand for. We need to stand once again in love. We need to have our arms open wide. When Jesus went fishing, he didn't go fishing with a hook. He went fishing with a net. When you throw out a net, you're going to catch some junk and you're going to catch some stuff. But it's okay. You just do the fishing and you let God do the cleaning. You let God do the fixing. You let God do the hand. And we've got to throw out the net. So I want to give you five practical ways or actions of love. Are you ready? And you're going to have homework on this. You're going to have a test because you're going to be tested on this this week. Come on, five practical ways of love. Number one, say it. Say it. Say it. I love you. I believe they are three of the most powerful words I believe they're three of the most important words that could ever come out of our mouths. I love you. And you know the next important words probably? I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Why would I say that? Because anyone you love greatly, you'll have to forgive. You'll have to forgive. We've got to speak not only those words, I love you, but we've got to mean those words too. Some people are saying today, I I don't want you. I don't want you near. I want to be gone. I don't want to be a part of this any longer. They're destroying people with their words. 
And you may think that at times. And you may even feel that at times. But it's so important that we don't voice that. But rather we choose to speak love instead. Someone said it really well, I think. It's amazing the positive effect when those words are present. But it's also amazing the negative effect when those words are not present. I've made it a goal of my life for Kelly and my kids to never doubt the fact that I love them. I try every day and many times throughout the day to tell them that I love them. I'll even text them. I'll text my girls a lot through the week and just say to them, I love you, I'm proud of you, I'm praying for you. I love you. We've developed a culture in our home right now that when we hang up the phones, we always say to each other, I love you, before our children go to bed at night. We say we love you. We give them a kiss. That's just the culture that we have created in our life. I don't want them to go through one day wondering, I wonder if dad or mom really loves me. Now, let's just be honest. I may not always be happy with them. I may not always like them. Come on, don't look at me crazy. You know you're a parent. You know what I'm talking about. If you could trade in your kids sometimes, you would do it wholeheartedly. Because I don't like my kids today. And let's go one step further. You maybe feel that about your spouse sometimes. I don't really like you today. But no matter how much I feel and how much I may like you today, I choose to still what? choose to still love you. You've got to be prepared to say those words. Don't be like that old couple that went to marriage counseling that were having some problems. And the lady said, he never tells me he loves me. He said, listen, woman, when I married you, I told you I loved you. And if that changes, I'll let you know. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't withhold from someone the words that can change your day. I can be having the roughest day and Kelly can text me or one of my kids can call me or text me and say, Dad, I love you. It changes everything. Come on, the actions of love. Say it. Don't leave people doubting. I'm laughing Thursday morning. I was late for a breakfast meeting and I knew the traffic was bad and and I'm flying out of the neighborhood and while I'm waiting for the gate to open, Kelly's phone rings and I'm thinking straight away, oh no, what have I forgot? I don't have time to go back. And when the phone comes on, it's Judah's voice and he goes, I love you, daddy. I was like, wow, that is absolutely awesome. And Kelly comes on and she said he was crying because he didn't get a chance to tell you that he loved you before you left. So she put him on the phone and he said, I love you. He was having a bad morning. He hadn't had his coffee yet. Judah loves his coffee in the morning. Seriously, true story. Don't bother Judah before he has his coffee. So I'm trying to give him a kiss before I leave. He's resistant. But when he had a couple of sips of coffee, he's ready to call dad and say, I love you. I love you. Drink some coffee, cappuccinos if you have to. Just whatever it takes, make sure you tell people around you that you love them. Say it often. Say it loud. Mean it. Don't leave those around you guessing. Here's the second action of love. Are you ready? Write it. Write it. Just simple, practical things. In a card, in a text, in an email. (laughs) Here's one thing I will say. Be careful what you're writing about your love on social media because that's for you and your wife or your husband and you. That ain't for us. And if you are going to write about it on social media, please keep it PG. Do I hear an amen in the house? You're like... That'll throw up when you read some of that stuff. But it's good. Write it. But you don't have to tell everyone. Tell them. 
I know when I hear it and someone writes it, well, I know when I hear it, it's nice, but when you see it written and someone writes it down, it's just something so more special. It's kind of unexpected and just kind of hits you, gives you the warm fuzzies. Anyone like the warm fuzzies? You know what I'm talking about. And please don't be like the little boy who wrote a love letter to his girlfriend. And he said to her, I love you more than life itself. I love you greater than anything. There's nothing that I would do for you. And page after page, he wrote of his love and his dedication to her. He signs it at the bottom. Love, John. P.S. If it's raining tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to make it to see you. Come on, don't confess our undying love and write all these, but yet have an excuse so small. If you're going to write it, you better mean it. Put meaning to your words. And if you don't have a lot to write, begin with I love you. Begin there. Here's the third thing. Give it. Give it. Give love. Give love. It doesn't have to be big. And it can be you too. It can be your time. It can be your attentions. But you know what really a gift says? Here's what a gift says. It's not what the gift is. Here's really what a gift says. That I stopped everything in my day today to pull the car over, to go to this particular place because I thought of you to buy this for you. Don't look at what it is. Think about what was sacrificed in order to get that. Well, you're late home. Yeah, well, here's a gift. I just stopped and that's why I'm late. I just wanted to tell you that I love you. I love you. Gary Chapman in Five Love Languages, if you've never identified your love language or if you've ever heard of this before, you need to identify this. Because every one of us has a love language. And from the back of his book, he writes these words. Listen, he says, couples who understand, but it's more than just couples, people who understand each other's love language hold a priceless advantage in the quest for love that lasts for a lifetime. They know how to effectively and consistently make each other feel truly and deeply loved. Love, that that gift never fades away. The love languages, the five love languages are this, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and gifts. Gifts, that's the five love languages right there. And what can happen many times in our life is maybe I have a love language that is acts of service. So I like people doing things for me, not like serving me in that regards, but just helping and doing that. If that's my love language, what I've got to be careful is that I don't speak in my language because that's what I tend to do. So therefore to Kelly, I may speak in my love language and it worked good because Kelly and I's primary love language is acts of service. If, if I want to love her the most, I can buy her flowers, I can buy her gifts, she likes those things. But if I want to touch her the most, if there's dirty sinks in the, or dirty dishes in the sink, if I'm there cleaning stuff and I'm helping, I'm doing stuff, man, that's her love language right there, acts of service. But you see, I can project my love And what I need on someone else, and it's almost like we're speaking a different language because they don't feel that love through that. But when we understand each other's love language, we can really gift each other to what extent that we can fill each other's love tank up. And when the love tank is full, get ready. Things are going to be good. In any relationship, we've got to fill that tank. So get ready to give your love. Here's the fourth one. Forgive it. Forgive it. Forgive it. Love keeps no record of wrong. Isn't that what we read from 1 Corinthians 13? 
Love keeps no record of wrong. You know what I know of forgiveness is this. We are never more like Christ than we forgive other people. Never more like him. Is it always easy to do? No. But it's a requirement. It's a requirement. You know why forgiveness is so important? We're actually going to talk about the gift of forgiveness next week. But you know why forgiveness is so important? Forgiveness is so important for this reason. It reestablishes my relationship with God. Because when I don't forgive someone else, it affects my relationship with God. My relationship with God. In fact, the Bible clearly says this. If you don't forgive other people, don't accept or don't expect my forgiveness. God says, I can't forgive you if you're not going to forgive other people. God says it this way. If you want to give a gift, God says, if you're trying to give a gift and there's something in your heart, I won't accept your gift until you lay that down, go make it right with them and come back. You see, forgiveness is so important, not just because it makes it right between me and the person that I've offended or upset or they're mad at me. That's important. But forgiveness is more important for this reason. It's one-sided between you and God. Well, they don't deserve it. Maybe they don't. But whatever they deserve does not deserve the fact that you have to live unforgiven for the rest of your life. Forgiveness never makes them right, but it makes you free. And that's what you have got to remember in your life. The secret to love was what? You've got to first love God. So if we're going to live in the secret of love, we've got to love God with everything. So nothing can hinder that. So we've got to forgive so we can have that first relationship with God. Keep short accounts. Allow wounds to heal. Quit picking off the scabs and letting them be affected, infected, because when they're infected, they're going to affect everything. And last but not least, we've got to learn to live it, live it, live it, live it, live it. Not just words, but actions. 1 John four eleven, Beloved, if God so loved us, and he has, what is the commandment then that we have? As a result of his love, we now ought to Love one another. Love one another. This is what we're called to do. To be his love to the world. We've got to love him first. So he can in turn love us. So then we can love other people. William Shakespeare said these words. Are you ready? Great words. It's better to be three hours too soon. Than a minute too late. What does that mean? Well, you better make it right right now because it may be too late one day. You've got to do what's right right now. You've got to live it. You've got to be it. And if Shakespeare's a little bit too deep for you, how about some Dr. Seuss? Are you ready? Here's some Dr. Seuss for you. You ready? Look at this. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. It's probably even deeper than William, huh? Like some Dr. Seuss there. Green eggs and ham, I am, I am. So what have we talked about today? Closing right now. God is love. You've got to know the definition of love, it's God. What's the second thing that we know? Are you ready? Here's the second thing. The secret is loving Him first. And then what's the actions of love? Practical, simple things that every one of us can do. We can speak it. We can give it. We can forgive it. We can live it. Come on, we can write it. We can do it. Remember how we started. The greatest gift that was ever given was God. He gave his son. But it's a double gift. It's a double love. Why? Because he has loved us. So now we can love other people. The purpose of love 
is so that we will not only be loved, but we can bring love to those around. What's the carol we sing? Joy to the world. The Lord has come. There's joy on this earth. Why? Because God came. Because love came. Now there can be joy. God wants to turn around every circumstance of our life into a place of joy. Why? Because love has come. Would you stand to your feet today? The gift of love. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.